Welcome to The Things We Say. I'm Sheldon. And I'm Nate. This is a topical podcast where the topics are chosen at random. Sometimes they will be profound, and sometimes they will be stupid. But no matter what, we have a lot to say about them. We are known for the things we do. We become the things we think. We live the things we believe. These are the things we say. Back on the things we say, I'm Sheldon. And I'm Nate. And I think I need my ears up just a little bit. There we go. Is that Something better? Something like that. There you go. I'm still adjusting it over here too. All right. Um, today, we are going to talk about how to fight. Yes. So my lead in into this is to tell you how to win at rock, paper, scissors. Nice. All right. A lot of you have played rock, paper, scissors. Before you do this, can I tell you that this played an important role early in my marriage? Really? This game? You decided things by rock, we paper, deci- scissors? Okay. So you may we want to bring it back after hearing Okay, those. go ahead. Go ahead. Yes. I'll, no, I'll it's just, okay. Go just, ahead and no, explain. No, you go first. You go okay. first. You give me the how to win. Okay. This is how to win. So don't share this with somebody who will also be competing with you in rock, paper, scissors. Yes. Tip number one. According to the experts, rock is uh, the most commonly thrown first move. The experts. That automatically bothers me. But go ahead. I'll explain yeah, that Who later. are the experts in rock, paper, yes. scissors? Knowing that, you should throw paper. The odds are in your favor because your paper covers their rock. Right. So if people are more commonly throwing rock, if your first move is paper, you raise your probability by throwing paper. Okay. Okay. That's tip number one. Okay. All right. You ready for number two? I'm ready for number two. All right. While many players will throw the same thing two times in a row, two scissors, two rocks, The studies show that the likelihood of a player going for the same play three times in a row is very slim. That means you can mentally eliminate the thing they did twice from the possibilities of what they'll throw on the third go. Okay. So if you're doing a best out of three. Yep. And they've thrown two scissors, you can eliminate scissors scissors and go for either rock or paper. Which in that case, you would do paper. You would throw the scissors that they're not going to throw. Or paper. Yeah. Or, yeah. Huh. Okay. Okay. Here's tip number three, and this is my favorite. All right. Tell your opponent what you're going to throw before you throw it and then do something else. No, stick to your word. They'll think you're messing with them, <laughs> which you are, but not in the way they, assume. The way they think. Oh man. Telegraph, See, telegraph your throw. And, and that sounds great, but I also think that, sorry, I'm just trying some things. My ears sound weird tonight, and I'm just trying to figure out why, and I need to leave it alone and just be content to record the podcast. Um, I don't even remember what I was saying now because I distracted myself. Oh, Oh, yeah, because that's only going to work so many times. Right. Like, you can only do that. But, again, uh, yeah. Okay, in my case, we always played best out of three. Almost No. If Kayla lost the first time, we would play best out of three. How about that? (laughs) When we first got married... We had our bedroom in what was essentially an uninsulated attic upstairs because it was the biggest room in the house and we had two guest room. We had a guest room and an office in our little Cape Cod house. In the wintertime, when you would settle in, particularly in the wintertime, when you would settle in, it was freezing up there. So you get under the covers, you don't want to get up. And so inevitably, if one of the two of us 
forgot something, forgot to check doors, yeah. forgot to turn something off, or forgot to turn on the dishwasher or the washing machine, whatever it was. It was a, oh, I forgot that. Will you go get it? And early on, I would just go do it because we were newly married. So yeah. I did all the things. About a year, though, I was like, no, I don't want to do that. And that was another thing. For our first year, I was constantly telling Kayla. She would ask me, hey, do you want to go do this thing? I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. I said, you can ask me if I will do it, but I don't want to do it. You're asking me the wrong question. She didn't love that. But anyway, <laughs> once we established that, I, I asked her, I was like, how about we just play rock, paper, scissors, and loser has to do it? And I won more often than not. But also, I would let her go best two out of three and kind of give her an extra shot. But that made a ton of our decisions of who had to walk all the way down our narrow stairs with no railing that both of us had fallen down multiple times, even as young people, and go in our cold house and do the thing, whatever so it may be. So it avoided the fight. It avoided the fight. Well, or it was it avoided me. It avoided me having to do it every single time. <laughs> And the odds were already better that I wouldn't have to do it than me just saying yes. Yeah. And I did not want to establish that that was the thing that we were going to do forever. <laughs> so, yes, it was born out of a necessity but not wanting to fight about it. Right. So there you go. I will say that some of the things that have changed my mind the most have come out of what some people would call fights, which mm -hmm. I would call heated discussions or just opinionated discussions yeah which other people would view as fights right and i learned not to have these type of discussions with compassionate people yes um you can get into lots of enneagram and disc personalities ones that respond better to these kinds of confrontations and others but uh pretty much if the person is known for their compassion and their ability to feel uh, a room or a situation if you get into a heated discussion with a feeler or somebody that is compassionate they may take this interaction personally yes likely <laughs> very likely very likely so i've learned i learned early on that yes uh, even though these are beneficial for me and they allow me to i don't know reframe my thinking by discussing some of my strongly held positions with someone else who feels an opposite way or just slightly different than me. Right. And I will probably come around to the way that person sees it or at least find out where the truth is, but only once everything's out on the table. And my way of drawing that out <laughs> is not always great. <laughs> I don't know. It's not always great. It's just not something that would necessarily... It won't translate for everybody. Right. It's got to be situational. Right. And I would say. The, the experience in the way I like to do it is not what you would call relationship building. <laughs> <laughs> the relationship has to already be there or I have to not value the relationship very much right. at all. <laughs> right. Right. And, and so I, I guess then let me ask that since... since my, my, okay, go no, ahead. No, you go. Go ahead. Go ahead. My tactic is to often take what... I believe and take it to the nth extreme and then take the other person's argument that's coming the other way and take that to the extreme and say, is this what you're saying? Right. And then walk yourself back. And then it'd be like, absolutely not. That's offensive to me. And I'm like, really? Because this is what I'm hearing from you. Yeah. And, See, then and my tack is typically the opposite. I will start with the closest thing to me and continue my way out until I land. 
Because I don't want to explain wanna, that. So like, okay. So if somebody's coming at me and they're saying something, and what I'm hearing is something that's a personal attack. In okay. my mind, I back up and I go, you're probably not actually trying to attack me personally. So what's the thing you're talking about? So I'll go first to the thing. You know, okay, so what you're telling me is this thing is a problem and you think it needs to go a different direction. And usually it's that thing. Giving them the chance to not make it personal. And, and explain themselves as to why that thing bothers them. Okay. As opposed to going straight for you think this about me. And then they get defensive, you get defensive, and everybody starts swinging as opposed to actually trying to get to the point. Yeah. So, I'm again, I'm on the opposite end of, of that. Now, that is the way I like to do it. Yes. I won't say that I always do it that way. I no. seriously don't. Like, there's many, many places that I do not. Yes. However, in the relationships that I trust the most, this is sometimes the mode that I go to because I enjoy it. Totally. And I know the relationship's going to be there. Totally. So, yes. Yeah. And, I, and I will reach that point quicker in a relationship that I know is fine with right. that. But I think that's the key thing is, is most people, I think, worry about the fight as if it's going to end the relationship. Yeah. I would contest that you can't actually fight unless you start with relationship. Yeah. Because if you're not, it's not a fight. You're just sucker punching each other because you don't care. Yeah. If there's no relationship there... It's there has to be something for both of you to lose. And that really only happens in relationship. Yeah. So, again, for what that's worth, throwing that out there is the initial. So, in talking about how to fight, you know, we talked a little bit about some of the things we do and, and, and going back and forth. But let's start with, let's start with marriage. Let's kind of talk about that. Okay. Because I would, I would contest that I've learned how to fight in marriage more than I've done in anything else. So one of our rules, and you can talk about if there's a rule for this or if uh, something that you found that works. Either yeah. one's fine. One of our rules is that you can't get historical. Okay. Which is if we've already discussed this and we've made peace with it, you can't go back and grab that thing and use it to bolster your point in this one. Yeah. Like that's a separate argument because it past now if you're trying to prove a pattern that's where this rule gets a little sketchy because you yeah. have to go back in history and say this happened this happened this happened this makes me feel like this thing here that we're discussing is part of a pattern yeah like you can do that but you have to be very careful how you do it that you're not going historical but that you're trying to solve the problem that's happening in the moment right and again i would i would say yeah there's a difference between going historical in the sense of saying like, here's our pattern. You know, this, this is the thing that you don't let us talk about. Right. Like we've not talked about this and it keeps happening versus yeah. Like you're saying, Hey, you remember 15 years ago, you did this one thing yeah. and you remember how we got this and it did this and we had this long. It's like, yeah, we dealt with that. Why are we talking about that yeah. right now? So or, yeah, I'm or with like that. I'm having this right now and it makes me feel like when you did this thing five years ago, yeah. Well, now we're having five years ago's fight now yeah. again, and it was completely unnecessary. You could just say, I've felt fearful like this before, and, or if you want right. to bring it in a little, you can say, I felt like this before in our marriage, and this is happening now, yeah. and you bring it back to the now. Right. And yeah, focus it's, on that. It's one, thing, it's one thing to say, this reminds me of how I felt when we were going through this. 
It's it's very different than saying you're doing this and it's still that connected to that one way back there. It's all the same. And pulling that fight forward. Yeah. And having that as a boundary in your mind is good because you don't have that tendency to go back and tie it to the thing before. Totally. Even mentally. If you can solve the thing now and you, you are able to work on the thing now, that keeps you from... Right, yeah. getting, getting in the back into the history now. That's good. A whole bunch of other stuff that's probably already healed. And neither, neither Kayla and I are big like historical people. Yeah, like that's that's just not something. We've we've had experiences with people who are like that, and that that's always been kind of a a turnoff for us. So I think we might have even sought each other out based on whether it was subconsciously or not. We sought each other out based on the fact that that wasn't a thing for us. Um, one of the things that we do when we fight is you are not allowed to say. We're not talking about this. Hmm. As a flat out, that's not a thing we do. Now, we can say we can't talk about this right now, or I need to think about this before we talk about this, or can we address it at such and such a time, or now is not the time for this. But a flat out, we're not talking about this, we don't get to do that. Yeah, because nothing is off limits. Nothing is off limits. And... Most of the time, the thing that I want to say we're not talking about that is something we really, really need to talk about. And so we do not, we do not have that as a thing. We, again, I can, I've had times I'm, I'm an internal processor. Um, and because I process constantly, usually I have an answer when somebody has something to say to me or bring something to me or whatever. But if I don't, it's going to take me a minute. And so you're not going to get like a hot take from me. Very rarely yep. are you going to get a hot take from me um, because even my hot takes are things I've thought about for a long time, um, which, but, which I will say is true. Like in yeah. talking with you a lot, yeah. you den- generally don't have a hot take. I'm more your hot take guy. Yeah. I will try and boil it down to a phrase that just sticks <laughs> with whatever's in my head, piece it together, throw it on out there and see how that thing lands. Yes. Like that's a hot take. Yeah. You're just over here throwing noodles against the wall. <laughs> just see what sticks. And sometimes it works really well. Totally. And if nothing else, it makes people like me have to step back and think about it, which is a good thing. It's, it's a good thing. It's probably not but great. It's, it's like, it makes you think, have you ever seen that movie Crazy Stupid Love? No. Well, it's, it's, it's actually a pretty funny movie, but there's a scene where Ryan Gosling is there with, uh, with Steve Carell. And Steve Carell's this like divorced dad who's just pathetic, you know, wears frumpy clothes, has kind of lost his will to do anything or whatever. And Ryan Gosling's going to fix him up, you know, and get him to the point where he finds his manhood again or whatever. And so one of the first things he does, he takes him out and he's going to buy him new clothes. And when he says, you know, do you have a credit card? He says, yeah, I do. And he pulls out his wallet and he opens it and it's a Velcro wallet. And Ryan Gosling just looks at him and just kind of steps back, like all, almost offended Right. With his wallet and just like, what is that? That's how I feel sometimes when you just throw something out there. I'll just step back and like that kind of like, huh, huh. Yeah, that's 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 the vibe. Right. That's the vibe. But it's a good thing. It does that. That's the kind of thing that makes me think that challenges me to think. But it, and and I have found that not totally because you're an internal processor. You've thought through a lot of things before you say them. Yeah. I'm an external processor. So one of the things that when I'm doing things like that, it challenges the way things are. And those hot takes or that feel like hot takes sometimes 
reveal things that are underneath that if you had thought through them all, you might have a more reasoned, logical approach. Yeah. But it often just rips the lid off of what's going on. So Well, and the interesting thing with Sheldon and I is we have both married the opposite. <laughs> My wife is, is an external processor. Right. And Jess is an internal processor. Right. And so I think that's one of the reasons why Sheldon and I's relationship works well is because we're basically that, but with we're <laughs> we dudes. Be married. So a lot of the emotion and other things that come along with just being a woman and the complexities that come with being a woman don't factor in here. <laughs> so I think we've we've learned how to be friends just by marrying our wives. Is that <laughs> weird? Go. No, that could be that could be the way it is. So one of our other rules is that you can't swear at me or swear during the argument. No oh, cursing and no swear. That's fair. And that's fair. That might sound like really somebody who's a pastor has to have this rule. <laughs> Listen, y'all. <laughs> have you been married? Have you had fights? No cursing at me. No swearing at yeah. me. I won't say who's run afoul of this more. <laughs> I will just say. I am guessing in my head, though. I'm just going to admit. Oh, man. If, if I need to confess right now, I will. <laughs> <laughs> I will say it's a rule, and it's worth sticking by. Yeah. It, it really doesn't add anything. You don't get score extra points or drive your point home any better. Yeah. Actually, you derail the argument. If you want to make something personal, make it crass, make it rude, yeah. make it, you know, yeah. everything that cursing and swearing does. Yeah. And so, I, you just touched on something that's going to be my next one. And this has become a rule of life for me. And, and that is attack ideas, don't attack people. Gotcha. And so if Kayla and I are having an argument... Or if I'm going to have an argument with you, if I'm going to have an argument with anybody, I can't go after them as a person or their character hmm. because I've already lost, if that's the case. I may think that the idea that they have is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I may think that they didn't even think through what they're saying. They're just trying to, and I may even think that there's a measure of manipulation to it or some of those things, but I'm not going to attack that person's character right. or that. I will look at it and I will call the idea out for what it is and I will use whatever, uh, harsh terms I want to use to describe the stupidity or the lack of thought or even the lack of feeling that was put into something. But I will not attack someone as a person. I will not attack their character. So yep. fight ideas, take swings at ideas. Don't fight a person. Don't take swings at a person because yeah. you'll lose automatically on that one. No, I'm, I'm, I will say that I'm very careful about doing that publicly yeah. In anything that I say publicly or post publicly, I'm very, very careful of that. Yeah. Like, especially on, especially on social media arguments or anything like that. Attack the idea, not the person. Yeah. And anything I would say from the pulpit, for sure, it's a really bad look when pastors, you know, get up there and attack people. Right. It's really right. bad look. Yeah. That's, and, one, of, and that's so one of my least like favorite translating things. Translating that yeah. all the way down to your marriage, though, is a really, really good idea. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. And so that's been that's been kind of a rule of thumb for us in general, I would say. So maybe maybe slightly unspoken, but it's one thing that I've I'm I'm one that I think I would tend to attack a person. So how does that go? If you say if you if if it really is a genuinely stupid idea that one of you puts forward and they're like, yeah. Man, that is a really terrible idea. How how does the person on the other end not hear you're really terrible or you're really yeah. dumb? Cause Right. So many guys could be like, oh, that's a great idea. I'm just going to tell my wife her ideas. Her yeah. ideas are terrible or her, her in, ideas in, are stupid. Right. In She's the, not stupid. In the initial stages, again, that's not something I would necessarily tell my wife now because she is an external processor. Right. And because I've learned that. So 
I've learned that when she's saying something, it may be a stupid idea, but she hasn't found that out yet either. Like she's working on that and, yeah, and I'm just hearing it. It's always going to be a half-baked half idea, idea yeah. the first time you hear it, right. which is constantly how I communicate in half-baked ideas, yeah. unless I've sat down right. and thought it through. Well, and, and honestly, we had, I had a perfect example. We were on our way uh, somewhere to our in-laws, actually, my in-laws, not our in-laws. Um, and we were having a discussion about something. I was like, Hey, I was like, I want to, I want to float something by you. And she got kind of quiet. She's like, okay. I said, okay, here's, here it is. I said, I have an opportunity and access to a particular firearm that I don't really want, but I know is going up and will continue to go up in value. Would you consider the possibility of letting us purchase this? Not me purchase it on my like fun money that I have saved, but like of us deciding, yes, this is a purchase because it'll be an investment moving forward. I knew as I was saying this, that if I would have said this to Kayla five, six years ago, it would have instantly erupted into an argument because I would have said it as, Hey, I want to do this thing. And she would have heard, I'm not asking your opinion. I'm just saying we're going to do this thing. And it would have turned into a whole thing. Right. But because I went with, would you ever consider even thinking about this? Like, and I didn't expect an answer from her. I said, just, I wanted to throw it out there. Think about it, process it. We'll talk about it, ask questions if you have them, and we'll move forward from there. So there's this thing of like you learn to communicate with the person that you know, you know their patterns. Right. Um, but again, in that idea of attacking people, attacking ideas, that's part of how you find out how somebody processes. Because if you attack an idea and they instantly go to, you think this about me, you're like, okay, we got to back up here and I can explain myself and say, Here's no, here's the idea I have a problem with and why I have a problem with it. Although I am going to say this, I have called people, particularly public figures, idiots in my time. I don't necessarily consider that an attack on the person because it's typically related to a particular topic. I would never say that someone is broad stroke an idiot, but I will say that someone's a political idiot or someone is a fiscal idiot or someone is a like there are issues that are particular i'm like this based on their pattern to not understand yes. basic math yes and i mean that in the true definition of the word idiot like no understanding blindly taking ignorant. jabs in the dark ignorant person yes uh so again that's about as harsh as i will go with a with a critical uh word yeah and i don't think i've ever called anybody an idiot to their face yeah, I don't know. I don't think I have. And yeah, it's that, been a while since I've... That would I've, take a lot of remembering for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a while since I've called anybody an idiot, even on social media, for that matter. I'm not on social media anymore, so that helps. <laughs> that does help it does help significantly, it's amazing. It? it's amazing how much less stupid the world is when you're off of social media. I have not been on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram since 21 Jumpstart. Since January. The beginning of January. Yeah, yeah. and we're like, what, middle of March now? I don't miss it and I care much less about what's going on externally in the world and I find that my life is better without caring about everything as if it actually affects my life every single day. It's kind yeah. of amazing. Anyway, that's a rabbit trail, but there you go. So this is an overriding theme for me and that is no, <clears throat> no argument. And I think for the most part, this is true. There may be a few exceptions that prove the rule. No argument is worth the relationship. Mm -hmm. And I, especially in marriage, like for sure, yeah. but extending that a little further out, there are a lot of 
arguments that people have that believe that they believe this particular argument is bigger than connection or relationship. Right. But that is specifically why I don't have certain discussions with compassionate people. Right. Like I engage them on a different level and it's okay. Like I, if there's something we disagree on, I will build up to it in a way that's a lot more grace filled, a lot more loving because the relationship matters more than this argument or this thing. Yeah. Like the goal has to be the perseverance or the preservation of that relationship. Yeah. That's why you're having a discussion. Yeah. If you didn't, if you didn't care about fighting fair, then this wouldn't even be a thing. Right. But if you care about it, it's because the relationship matters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things that I've learned about fighting in marriage is that you have to. There are just moments and there are times and there are things that you have to. Because if you don't, they're just going to remain unsaid and they're going to eventually lead to bitterness. All the couples that say they never fight terrify me are the ones that are in the biggest trouble they terrify me and they if it if, usually comes out yeah i recently quickly. i recently heard somebody say that you know if if somebody's in, engaged and they're three months away from the wedding and they haven't fought yet i'm concerned <laughs> because the only way that you don't fight planning a wedding is you don't talk <laughs> and if you're not talking you shouldn't be getting married so yeah i i can i yeah I can remember our headbutts even in that whole process. That's why I think that's why I think more complex weddings are actually a good thing. Because you get all of your you get a lot exposed, uh, both in family dynamics, extended family dynamics, and between the two of you leading up to planning. That means it was carefully planned. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I, I and don't think unnecessary complexity does anything. No, not unnecessary you, complexity. I'm, no. You know. A carefully planned wedding is not yeah. a bad thing. Well planned is the word probably yes. better. Yeah. And, and okay, I will say this for all you brides out there. Realize that you're asking all of your family and friends to show up to a thing and leave a thing still liking you. Yes. I realize this day is about you. Yes. But some thought should be put into all the people that need to attend or be a part of what you're doing. Yes. You know, I, which as uh, <laughs> barely 21 year olds, when we got married, wasn't a lot of thought in ours. So yeah. I've looked back and thought, geez, we really should have thought about our people more yeah. <laughs> at yeah. our wedding. No, I was, I was, but, I was much better by that stage. My, my wife was 21, but I was, I was 27 when we got married, almost yeah. about to turn 28. So I was, you had encountered adults. I had been through great. some stuff. Yes, I had been through. <laughs> so that was helpful. The one, the biggest thing I learned versus 21 when I thought I was going to get married the first time, boy, that's a weird sentence to say, uh, to 27 actually getting married is that there was no way I was ready to get married at 21 years old. Like there is no way. I would not have wished 21 year old me on any woman in the world. Not at all. Yeah. We... Probably we're not ready to get married either, but neither of us knew that. Exactly. And we figured it out together. And one of the things that we have going for us now, though, is that neither one of us would ever want to do that process with anyone else totally. ever. So, like, even the thought of dating or trying this again <sighs> with someone else would be like another. Yeah. Like, it's not even something that I can put my brain through because yeah. it's. 
I have that discussion with Kayla all the time. I'm like, you understand you've ruined me. Like, yes. I, I can't do this again. Like, yeah. I just can't. No. Like, this is, this is, this is it. This is all I got. Yeah. yeah. So, in, in part of the preservation of the relationship is that you can't put the relationship on the line in the middle of the argument. Right. So, if you're having a heated enough argument... Putting the entire relationship on the line on the outcome of that argument, a bad, bad, bad idea. Yeah. Because you've now said this argument is more important than the relationship because the relationship right. hangs on the argument. Right. And and that that people do unintentionally by bringing in a marriage relationship, by bringing in the word divorce, mm -hmm. like just throwing it into the you've you've put the whole relationship into the argument. Right. And that's a bad idea. Right. And, and the same thing between friends. It's like, I don't even think we can hang out anymore if this is the way you're going to be. Hold on. You've just taken the whole relationship and put it on this one argument. We're having right. an argument right now. And if you're saying, I don't even know if this is going to, you know, and people do this all the time. Right. But you can't sacrifice the entire relationship on the altar of that argument you know and i always talk about that like feeling uh, you know i'm a i'm i'm not a, a, a very offendable person like that's not typical of me at all but i will say if there's anything that comes close to offense to me it's that it's that it's that somebody can throw out years of actual relationship and actual knowing in one moment over one thing like that right. like that kind of deal like that that boils my blood because i'm like i do it's like i want to shake somebody or i want to slap them, but like you know me like, come yeah. on, like this, this is not a thing. Like, you know me. <laughs> and so, so that is, that's probably the closest thing. Like if you want to, if you want to get my, my ire up, as they would say, that'll do it. That'll yeah. do it real quick. If you, if you do something that again, you know, based on my character, based on my interaction with you, based on years of relationship. Right. And you're going to just make me a thing all of a sudden that has nothing to do with who I am. That'll, that'll get my goat, man. Every single time, every single time. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's tough because people will believe that how how someone is behaving in the argument reveals a lot about them. And in mm. a way it does. Some things do come out in argument yeah. that do, that do reveal things about the entire relationship. Yeah. But the goal of fighting should be to change an opinion yeah either like try and convince somebody of your opinion or be willing to learn from somebody else like there's going to be your goal of the fight is to try and change an opinion one way or the other yeah like be and you wouldn't be in it if you didn't care about it right which is why i'm a big fan of being correct over being right because I have had those, You're going to have to explain that. Uh, yeah. Because, again, being right is I'm dug into my opinion and I am right. No matter what, I'm right. You can show me evidence. You can show me proof. You can, you, can, you can literally show me a video of the thing happening. But, no, I'm right. It doesn't matter whether or not it's true. I'm right. right. Whereas correct is, well, dang, nope, you've proved that I was, I, was, I was incorrect. So this is the correct thinking, so I have to come. And, man, I can tell you, I can I can. I can't even remember topics, but I can remember moments where I've been in the middle of an argument, even an intense one. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I'm about to lose because I'm wrong. I'm incorrect. And it's not that I was dug in and I was dug into the wrong position. I, the information I had was incorrect. 
and I didn't realize it. And now I yep. have to align with what is reality and what is actually correct. Yep. And man, I can remember those. I can remember them. Whew, I can remember them every single time. And yes, some have happened with Kayla. I have these strongly held opinions about sports figures in my life, but I've learned not to get in basketball arguments with one of my friends. His name is Brian. And if I get into a basketball argument with him, I am automatically wrong. It doesn't matter <laughs> if we have a difference of opinion and I'm just like, yeah, no, that's just ridiculous. Blah, 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 blah. And I start going down this trail. He knows yeah. He actually knows yeah. all the basketball things. Yeah. And my half-baked opinion, the way I viewed things or I remembered something or this was how I viewed it, if it's in the mode of basketball <laughs> and I'm talking to Brian, I'm wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I'm incorrect Oh yeah. if we hit a disagreement. Yeah. And so I'm just like, huh, yeah, well, I'm going to defer to you on yeah. this one because there's we no <laughs> way that I'm going to end up being right. I think I've talked about that at some point, but me and my mom used to have these knockdown drag out arguments about actors in movies oh okay she would be convinced oh this is this is you know so and so from that movie i'm like no that's not him that was matthew mcconaughey they kind of look similar but no that's not him no it's absolutely him i remember i'm like no that's not him and i would go get the vhs tape fast forward to the credits at the end and say look no these are not the same people this is this and this is that and we did that for years like i can remember multiple times where we would have db must have saved your relationship yes yes that (laughs) well i was out of the house by the time that really became a thing you know unfortunately um but i remember at one point my dad finally (laughs) saying to my mom we were having one of these rows and again, it's typical Norris genes. Like we would argue about things that did not matter at all, but we would dig mm. in and it mattered, you know, for some reason. <laughs> and, and my dad just looked at my mom and was like, why do you even argue with him about these things? Like he's right. Like, you know, he's right. He's right every time. And he actually said, when was the last time you were right when you had one of these arguments? <laughs> just don't, just, just accept that he's telling you the truth. So there you go. That's a good way to fight. Know when somebody knows what they're talking yes. about. <laughs> yes. Yes. There are, there are certain things that you just, you don't know. Yeah. And honestly, I think that's even a big thing when you go into an argument, understand that you have ignorant spots and blind spots in your life. There are things you do not know. And I say that as a person who prides myself on knowing a lot. There are things you don't know. And ignorance is not a shameful thing because ignorance is something that can be overcome. And the only way you overcome it is by acknowledging it and taking in knowledge. Like, that's it. My favorite example of this is the people that will try and argue the meaning of something written in a book with the author of that book on Twitter. It happens all the time because unlike arguments before, you couldn't just randomly have the expert in that category just weighing in and and, and it's everything it's songwriters it's it's it's, it's, it's funny there's yeah. like two people on the internet going back and forth and then a third person jumps in and they go back and forth with them in the same way and it's like no really i'm the author of that book that you're talking about and this is what i meant yeah and it's like oh yeah <laughs> And even then on Twitter, people don't back down. That's why Twitter is stupid. Twitter is stupid. Twitter is stupid <laughs> because people are the worst versions of themselves on social media. They are. All the, the more all the anonymity bad things. you're given, the worst yes. people are yes. on social media. And that goes both ways because you don't think of the person you're attacking as a person either. Yes. So you are, you are anonymous and they're anonymous. They're just a face to throw something at. One of the things that has helped me tremendously on social media is if a random person I do not know is weighing in on something that I've said, I need to ignore it completely because really, even though it says 
you know, Deandra or whoever, yeah. or, you know, Chloe or I don't know, some, some random name of a person I don't know. Yeah. All of a sudden I'm engaging with someone and really that could be an 18 year old Russian kid. Yeah. Like th- there was a literal thing on Twitter where certain things would trend when like the Russian troll farms woke up. <laughs> <laughs> like controversial topics would start trending at certain times at in the middle of the night on Twitter and you'd wake up to this whole Twitter storm and it's all started by these random <laughs> Russian bots, Russian bots. And I'm like, before you just engage people online and like get super offended by what they say, realize this may be somebody who does it for a living. <laughs> Just to breed hate and discontent. I remember I actually had one interaction on Twitter that kind of restored my faith in humanity on Twitter. And I don't even remember what it was about. It was it was some social or political thing where I made a comment and they came back with like a really harsh in the other direction. And I came back with a, hey, that's great. I appreciate your opinion. I completely disagree. But, you know, it, you have your right to have that opinion. And then they kind of came back with something softer. And it was just like it ended up being a good interaction. And I even told them on Twitter. I'm like, see, this kind of interaction is what gives me hope for humanity or what gives me hope <laughs> for America or whatever it is. Because you can do this. Like, this is easy to do. Yeah. Uh, again, applying some of these principles. Like, I'm not going to attack this person. Like, that. yeah, they took a swing at me. But that's because they think of me as nothing. I'm not a person to them. So yeah. I'm going to treat them like a person. And what do you know? Everything changes when you do that. Yeah. Everything changes. If it's a real person. Yeah. And this was a real person. This was, they had a picture and a whole profile and everything. It wasn't like one of those. Yeah. Yeah. One of those. (laughs) That have a lot of numbers in their username. Hieroglyphics. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. So the biggest, the biggest moral of this, I think is don't fight on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. Yeah. And know your opponent. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Know who you're who you're talking to yeah. or talking about or talking with or fighting with. Yeah. For sure. That's the other thing. Sometimes you can have a fight with someone who is not in the fight. Yeah. So some like in a marriage relationship, it'll be like your your mother always does this. Da 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 mm-hmm. about your mother. And then it's defending my mother. And then it's like She's not even in this. She's not in the room. (laughs) We're literally arguing over (laughs) the person that we're arguing with is not here. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that one's rough. To be fair, we haven't had an argument about my mother or her mother recently. So it's fine. Like, we don't get into into arguments about another person. Totally. Yeah. You're bringing a third person into your argument who is not not a part of this. Yeah. No, that's 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 good. That's yeah. really good. Um I'm trying to think of some other random ones we've had or just random things that I've found in, in fighting. Um again, it it is a healthy thing. It's a thing that's gotta be done sometimes. And we really work on where it happens. Oh, that's good. Um We've had some some fights in front of her family. I don't know that we've really had them in front of my family. Eh, maybe a time or two. Um, and the other big one is the kids. Trying not to fight in front of the kids. Now, let me, ref- let, me, let me back this up. I think it's important for your kids to see you argue and do it well. 
Our our rule with this is if it starts in front of the children, it ends in yes. front of the children. Yes, I would agree with you that. You don't start it in front of the kids and then end it somewhere else. They get Where no they don't resolution. Get to see it. Yes. And they don't know for sure that you guys are okay. Right. So if you're going to go ahead and start this in front of the kids, you might as well finish it. I'm with you on that. And that's I would say that that would probably sum up our rule is we don't fight in front of the this kids. This is where the no cursing and swearing yeah, rule is right. really helpful. But we, we do that. We don't fight in front of the kids. And when we do... We go all the way through it. Yeah, you should. You know, with, with them there, for sure. No, that is good. That is good. Yeah. Oh, man. That can that can be really stabilizing for a child, though. Like, not only seeing their parents show true love and affection, which yeah. should be a part of every good marriage relationship, and and seeing the wins and, and the losses as you go through life. Like, yeah. not just projecting to your kids that you're always fine or, like, right. things are always okay, but when you're down showing how you come out of that like in the same way fighting in yeah. front of the children is okay as long as you bring it to a conclusion but remember you're painting a pathway into how these things are done so right. you know if you can do it well they will probably mirror that a lot more in their ways that they fight yeah so if they see you being disrespectful to each other calling people names attacking right. people not ideas with cursing and swearing, uh, you can expect the same right. from them and them with you yeah. because they're going to try and solve arguments with you the same way. You know, I, it's interesting because talking about this, it's reminded me of, you know, when, when, when my parents were going through all their stuff, there were a lot of ha fights that happened behind closed doors. And I mean that in our house, but I mean that specifically in their room. Like they would go to their yeah. room to fight and you heard it all. And it yeah. was just, it was, ugh. but I remember once we had moved here to Worcester. So this was, seven years after they'd gotten back together it was it was a decent enough time after they'd gotten back together and i was i was junior high maybe early high school i think i was junior high and my parents randomly got into a spat about something and my parents don't spat a lot like they went from hardcore arguing in their in their fighting straight up fighting in their marriage before divorce to not really spatting like that and so, but there was something that happened that day. I can still remember it. My parents were in the kitchen. We were all kind of, the three of us siblings were kind of in my room or right near my room, whatever. I don't even remember why, but they got into it about something. And all three of us, it just like, it hit something in all three of us kids. And again, my siblings don't remember any of that. Like yeah. if you asked them, they would not remember it. I remember young. it. I remember it, but they do not. And we all just kind of like. Like, you just felt that, like, in the room. And I remember my parents must have even felt it from the room over because we all went silent and whatever. And they came in and asked, like, hey, are you guys okay? Did this remind you of this? And instantly everybody's in tears and everybody's crying. And it wasn't that anybody was mad at each other. And it wasn't even that it was a big deal. It was a really minor thing. But just something about it touched that. Right. And that was actually a really healing thing for us because it yeah. was that moment where my parents could sit down and said, we know you guys know this, but, like, this is not a, like, this is not something that's going to end our relationship. Like we are, we're together. We're totally unified in what we're doing. Right. And we got to look at them and say, yeah, we know that this just for some reason, it, it scraped a wound and, and it just hit us, you know, for that. And so it, was, it ended up being a good discussion. But again, it was one of those things that it resolved in that moment. Yeah. It wasn't like it just happened. And then we just didn't talk about it. Like we went all the way through it in that moment. And it was uncomfortable. It was weird because no, none of us really knew even to this day. I can't think of why. It touched on what it touched on, but it did. Do you have exit ramps in your arguments? Like where it's okay for us to just end this now? 
Yes. And it's not, Yes. even though we, it's not resolved. We have exit phrases. And again, our exit phrases are things like, we can't do this here, or I can't talk about this right now. And we'll even do that. Look, this is really upsetting me and I need to process it. So we can't do this right now because if we do, this is where it's going to go. So we do have those options, but it's never an option to just lay it down. Like it's going to be talked about. And honestly, we've even had a couple of times where it's like, we can't talk about this now. We're going to talk about this at our next counseling appointment. We've done that before. Gotcha. Um, I can think of one particular subject that we were not going to resolve on our own and we couldn't involve family in it because it was going to touch on past issues, um, not with our family, but our, that our family watched us walk through right. separately. And so it was one of those things like we got to have a neutral third party to, to hash this with and, and kind of see where we go. But we were both completely willing to go into that and say, okay, where this person tells us to go is where we're going to go. Like we're willing to kind of lay down our, our weapon on right. this. Um, so that's a valid thing for us too. It's like, yeah, we're going to get some outside advice. Yeah. One of the things that was kind of childish that we did, but it's been kind of a role is to resolve issues that we're angry about before we go to sleep or before bedtime. Like, and I think that's biblical, like not to, not to let anger go into the next day. And I think that's good that you have those exit ramps as long as you don't remain angry about it right. until that time. Right. Like if you are able to actually set it aside, which some people cannot. And I think for us, it's, it's been better since when, if I'm not talking about it, I'm not processing it. Right. It's like I've either forgotten about it or it's underneath and it's right. affecting everything else. Right. So for me, I kind of got to get it up and out. And I, I can, if I know we're going to resolve it later, separate it as long as yeah. I'm not angry about it. Yeah. But for us, it's been more difficult to find those exit ramps. So we end up having longer, <laughs> longer discussions that get resolved. Right. Like they, they will work to a resolution and it, that there is a resolution that's yeah. coming, but we don't take exit ramps as often as I would believe that yeah. you guys probably do. That's a, that's a line from a John Mayer song. Uh, I don't care if we don't sleep at all tonight. Let's just fix this whole thing now. <laughs> that's a lot of what it is. Yeah. It's like all hands on deck. We're, yeah. we're doing this. And honestly, one of our big ones is, is we're just too tired. Like we're too tired to do this right now. And, and can we just go to sleep and we'll talk about it tomorrow? For us, that's disarming. Like the more tired we get, the less I care so much about the argument and the more I care about sleeping. And yeah. when my care for sleep overrides my need to win <laughs> i will i will give in and the same for hers is like i just want to go to bed but yeah. i don't want to lose <laughs> I don't, yeah and that's the thing for me i i don't really think i am a and i could be wrong about this i i, I could just not have a good beat on my my myself on this but i don't really feel like i have a need to win because again, I think for me, it's about, it's about being correct and not about being right. Yeah. Which again is a big distinction for me. And I know for others, it doesn't but sound like that's one. removing the emotion from the argument. Though. Right. And I am, and I am not typically an emotional arguer. I am a, I am an analytical arguer, right? Which is problematic because yeah. when you try to reason somebody who is not in a reasonable state, it will do nothing but make them more mad. And rightly so, because it looks oh, like yeah. you're trying to explain away Oh, yeah, I'll get all emotional, and she'll there. try and reason with me. And I'm like, listen, 
you you're trying to do this like <laughs> you're trying to counsel me i don't need counseled i want <laughs> i want heard i want to be understood i don't want i don't want somebody to psychoanalyze me is there an underlying reason why you're upset no i'm just freaking upset i want you to hear me but the problem is is that they do understand us and that's why those things happen i know <laughs> i don't want to talk about that i just want you to hear what i'm saying <laughs> Oh, I get, man. I get, I get emotional yeah. in, in the argument. That's yes. true, and and usually I'm in the argument because it touched something emotional for me, or yeah. touched something that's deeply held. Yeah, you know, and and I'll and I tend to get upset in arguments when I don't have an actual answer, which is what touches on it. What what I would say touches on insecurity for me. Gotcha. I'm not. It's and I don't mean it in like an identity insecurity. I mean I'm like I literally don't know what I'm. I don't know. I don't know. And so if you push me and you want some kind of answer, it's going to get ugly because I don't, I don't have one. I don't. And that's been a big one that Kayla and I have, have started doing. Is, is that because is, you can't just say, I don't know, or that's just not good enough for the other person. You, you saying, I don't know, isn't good enough for them. They want an answer. The, we, for Kayla and I, I had to communicate to her and finally have her understand that me saying, I don't know meant I don't care enough to have, to have an opinion. It meant, exactly what i said i don't actually know um because again it, it was it could it was taken early on in our marriage as if it was just indifferent like i didn't want to put the brain power into it's like no i hadn't thought about it before so two phrases that have helped us a lot in our arguments is me using the phrase and i stole this from bones of all things it's the only good thing that came out of that show it was such a disappointment but kaylin will say something to me and i'll say i don't understand that like i don't i don't understand i don't know what you mean like, what do you mean? I don't, I don't know what you mean. And, and that's been a good one because then she'll turn around and say, okay, here's what I actually mean. She'll explain herself. That's good. And the other one that's a big one for me is I've never even thought about that to have an opinion. on. Like, I literally have no opinion on that. So if you want an opinion, I'm going to have to think about it for a while. So again, I, I'm not saying I don't care. I'm saying I don't have an opinion. It doesn't exist. Do you want me to form one? Because I'll, I'll, I'll work on that and I'll come back to you. But I don't have an opinion or, you know, I don't yeah. know what you mean. I don't know what that means. That's <laughs> the biggest one. I don't say I don't know what you mean. I say I don't know what that means. Like yeah. when you say I don't know what that means. Yeah. So those have been You're two big ones for us. something that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Those, yeah. Have, those have been two big ones for us. And again, I'm finding that it works universally for other people too. Yeah. It's funny. I, I probably have learned my arguing tactic more from my dad and that's where we go back and forth all the time. And people would look in on this and think we disagree. I probably think more like him than just about anyone in the world. And but you will fight more with that person than anybody absolutely. else. Yeah. Cause he'll, he'll be like, no, this is the way this is. Blah, 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 blah. And I'll be like, absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> you know, and really we're just, feeling each other out and like trying to bolster our own arguments and then yeah. after a while we're like oh yeah we see it like yeah, sure by the end like we're always good and it's, right but everybody's like boy that was a doozy yeah and that was but, that that was the norris household yeah you know, we'd go we go for family out, gatherings everything's and discussed oh yeah and it's all out there on the table yeah. And, and I would say, like, if Ross, I mean, Ross has been on the podcast before, but if he, before, but if he were here, he would say, yeah, I learned how to debate by being in the Norris but household. We, we were talking about physical fighting. Like you said, is this going to be about how to fight? And I'm like, physically? Or and you're like, no, not physically. So with me and my dad, we have never been in any type of physical um, 
contest with each other. We, we don't, yeah. we don't wrestle. We don't arm wrestle. We don't get into any type of fights or any type of even game with each other because ne- neither of our egos would survive it. Yeah. Like our relationship is healthy combat, yeah. <laughs> like combating yeah. ideas, but never it's sparring. It's sparring, yeah. but it's never jumping to the physical. And it is because of those interactions that yeah. it never needed to. I don't actually want to beat him. Yeah. In the same way, he doesn't actually want to beat me and make me feel a loss. Right. He, I would like to win. I would like him to see where I'm coming from. And the same for him. Like, it would feel great to win, but I don't really want this person to lose. So a lot of our arguments are like that. They don't neatly resolve. Right. But there's... It's, some really it's sparring. sparring. I mean, by, by definition, yeah. it is sparring. Yeah. And I like that. I, I yeah. like to seek that out, but there's only so many places you can do totally that. Totally true. And, and uh, the office environment is not no. good for no, this. No, no, <laughs> oh, man, no. Now, now, working in a factory or on a, on a line or in a shop, like that happens a lot more because yeah. you put guys in a space where they're working together and this kind of like verbal jousting or sparring will happen a lot. Right. And that was one of the biggest things that shifted when I went from when I went from working as a mechanic to working in the office. Yeah. And it was like, oh, I can't just go back and forth with people like this. Right. And there is there's a girl at my work. And if you go through disc, uh, we both have D personalities. Yeah. And D personalities are able to disconnect the emotion, but they're very goal oriented. They're, they can be combative. Confrontation doesn't yeah. bother them at all. And she sits on one side of the political spectrum. I'm on the other. And she was making some sort of comment. I made a comment. She made another comment. And and I'm like, well, sounds like you're telling me da 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 da. And she's like, <laughs> she's like, nope, that's not what I mean at all. And we went back and forth, you know. And I look around, and the three or four other people that are in the within earshot of this are not their nonverbals are pretty much like i want to crawl under my desk right now yeah. i am afraid yeah. like the two of you are <laughs> making this environment very uncomfortable right. for me and i was like okay time out real quick are we good and she's like yeah we're great yeah. and i'm like just want to let everybody yeah. within and those, know that and we're and those good. are the biggest risks like, is the collateral damage of the those collateral things damage. it's unreal yeah. Yeah. unreal so how an that office environment is not a great place yeah for well a, and i'll and i'll fight. even so go right a lot of times it's more closed doors and right. it's careful discussion you have a plan coming into it right and they're you're looking for some type of resolution and it's very it's handled usually more one-on-one right well and i'll say that's one of the things that's interesting i would even say and i'll i'll say this because it's happened publicly more than once but me and kathy who i who i work closely with like we have that kind of dynamic hmm. where we will just like yeah we'll push each other's buttons sometimes and it's not like to be poking the bear or anything but like we understand how the other communicates and we just need to do a thing and like here's where we're at and we've done that with each other and the problem is we've done it publicly to the point where you can tell people around us don't know how to process what we've just done or in a team environment yeah Yeah. but we're fine like we're perfectly we're gonna we're gonna no like no issue at all like we're good but you when you have that kind of thing in front of people who don't understand it and aren't in it it does. It gets real, real awkward real quick. It's like being on a football team and watching your wide receiver and your quarterback throw punches. Yeah. And it's like on a football team, we would probably stand back, watch that go, and they'll probably both be running laps when this is all over. Yeah. But, you know, this needs to happen. And 
in that environment, everybody's like, huh, now imagine the same thing happening in an office environment. <laughs> everybody's like, I feel unsafe. <laughs> oh, man. We could do a whole podcast just on safe. Okay, I'm gonna leave that alone. Gonna but let that pass. It's true. It's true. It as it's it goes it's by. not an environment where that type of thing is acceptable appropriate or appropriate. Yeah, like it's just not for sure. Yeah, that's not the way to handle for this sure. type of thing. Although there is a time and place, and there's times that I miss the interaction in in a like in a mechanic or line setting, like yeah. a factory setting, like that verbal jousting is fine. Also, it probably has very little place in a marriage relationship. Yeah. I don't see that as that verbal sparring, like what me and my dad would do as being beneficial at all in our marriage relationship. I don't see the other role is that was not in place early in our marriage was sarcasm has no place in Mm. this. Like you don't get to say things sarcastically to me in an argument. And I will not use sarcasm to you or these backhanded compliments or digs. I, I'm the, I'm probably the bigger offender in our marriage as far as that goes. Mm -hmm. Like just being like, well, clearly blah, 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 you know? Yeah. Because one of the things that we are, both of us are trying to do in our arguments is race to the victim card. Yeah. No, you, we actually have ended a lot of arguments by saying this. It's like, no, you are the big bad meanie and I am the victim here. (laughs) (laughs) And that is because when you distill it all down, that is whoever can get to that card first wins. And that's what it was for so many of our early years. It was like, no, you're just being hurtful. And I, you know, and it's like, well, you've grabbed the victim card. Now there is no winning. There is no solution to this other than making you feel better. Yeah. And this is the thing that will do it. And so we're done. I've I've never been one that. So we've sidelined a lot of that, but that running to the victim card is not necessarily healthy, but neither is like making someone saying something that sounds nice or sounds yeah decent but it's not there's a right underhanded there's something yeah yeah it's like a it's like a inside joke but it's not that good right but yeah i've i've never been one no never's gonna be a strong word i'm not one who typically will will use sarcasm in argument i am a sarcastic personality but it's i am a that's that's part of my jest or prodding like i'm not gonna in the heat of an argument be sarcastic right Um, because for me, that's not a, that's just not a tool in the belt at all. Like that's not, um, I cannot, uh, I have, I've discovered with Kayla specifically, um, I cannot tease her during an argument. Like there are, there are points when we'll have, be having an argument and I suddenly realize it's ridiculous. And I don't mean she's ridiculous. I realize the fact that we're arguing about this at all is ridiculous. And so I'll try to derail it and be like, Oh, let's just do something and and get a, Nope, 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 nope. That does not work. Bring humor into that it. That does not work. That makes that that makes it mad. And I don't mean the it, my wife. I mean the it, the thing that is somewhere in there. There's a thing in there inside of her that I scratch when I do that, and it gets mad. I don't know what it is or why, <laughs> but it's not good. And I we don't do that anymore. We just don't. Yep. Um, and that's just recently been a thing. I would say in the last. Eh, six to eight months that I have decidedly be like, okay, yes, I need to not do this anymore because I realized she might've actually just flat out told me like this, this just makes me really mad when you do this. I'm like, oh great. 
not going to do that anymore. It's almost like I'm maturing. Yes. Yes, it is. Isn't it amazing? I will say, though, we we had an incident the other night. This is the other thing. No good fight has ever come from someone picking a fight. Oh, never, 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 never. Not physically, not anything else. So don't ever go into a room picking a fight with your spouse, with a friend. Just don't do it. Don't go looking for it. Um, because There's inevitably, proverbs about that. Yeah, inevitably you will find it yeah. or it will find you and it's not a good thing. But typically what I would say is that don't try to fight when, when you're both crabby. One or both of you is crabby already. Don't, that's not a time to say, hey, by the way, I wanted to talk to you about a thing. Don't do it. And I remember just a couple of weeks ago, Kayla and I, had just we just had an off day. It wasn't bad. It wasn't like we had done anything. Like it was just off. Like the kids were kind of extra frustrating and we just couldn't get on the same page. And it was just one of those days. And we just both felt that tension toward each other. Like it's one of those, like, I really love you, but I don't, I don't want to be around you right now. And I don't know why. Like there was no thing. We just, it was just there. And we're sitting on the couch on opposite ends of the couch. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, get up. She's like, okay. And she stands up. And I was like, okay, lay on the floor. She's like, what are we doing? I'm like, just lay on the floor. She's like, I'm like, no, 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 on your stomach. Okay. We're going to arm wrestle. We're going to what? We're going to arm wrestle. Why are we going to arm wrestle? I said, because we need to do something stupid. We need to do something stupid just to alleviate this tension. (laughs) So we're going to arm wrestle. She's like, I can't beat you. I said, I know, but we're going to arm wrestle. I said, I'm going to use my left arm. You can use both hands. You can use whatever leverage you want, but we're going to arm wrestle. For 30 seconds, we arm wrestled. It was hysterical. And all of a sudden, all of the tension was gone. It was like, okay, we're okay. And I was like, we just needed to do something stupid. Didn't matter. Didn't need to, like, there was nothing to resolve. There was nothing to talk about. We could have picked a fight about anything in that moment and decided to just have a row. But no, we just needed to do something stupid. We hadn't done anything stupid together in a while. So we arm wrestled on the floor of our living room. (laughs) And it was hilarious. That works with your kids too sometimes. Like the kids will be in a mood that we we just say they're like fighty bitey. Like yeah. they're just like they're just walking around looking for some type of fight, <laughs> picking it with each other or whatever. And so like I was teaching my daughter how to leg wrestle because yeah. she's finally she's tall enough oh, that yeah. I can legitimately leg wrestle her. So I'd let her win a few times and show her how that works. And that that has helped. It's easier than just walking around kicking your brother or whatever like if i don't know sometimes yeah. tussling with your kids can do that so. yeah for sure <laughs> but again arm wrestle your wife it's, it's a wonderful thing it works <laughs> and don't be afraid of her beating you because that might have a whole nother problem yeah make if sure she, your ego can survive that that's right because it does happen and it's okay <laughs> well there you go yeah there you go random rules of fighting from nate and sheldon yeah from all of our extensive experience. Extensive experience. <laughs> yes, yes. We've oh, even man. had some of these fights with each other. We which have. have always been good. They have so. always been good. And yeah. again, the foundation of relationship is you can you can fight with somebody who you're in relationship with. One of the best parts of a current class that we're teaching at church is the third week. And I just told our class last time, I'm like, this is all because I stood in Nate's kitchen and I told him flat out that he's wrong because this has not been in my experience. Yeah. And and we fought it out. And I'm like, so now you guys get to hear the graceful version <laughs> of this. <laughs> oh, so, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> Sometimes it true. we have fights in our, in our kitchen that lead to good things. That's right. That's right. 
because some fights are worth having. Mm-hmm. And again, if it's foundational and in relationship, you're good. You're good because <laughs> that doesn't go away. Yeah. That doesn't go away. But anyway, well, guys, thanks for listening to our rambling rants tonight because this yeah. was just a shoot from the hip. We kind of had one of those. This is not prepared. Nope. Let's just do a thing moment. So some of you will love it and others of you are rolling your I'm eyes. I'm interested to see how many points we made. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> was it seven? I don't know. I didn't count. All right. Math is hard. But anyway, all right, see you guys. Thanks for hanging with us. Thanks for joining the conversation today. The Things We Say is produced by Nate Ward. Technical direction is provided by Sheldon Stauffer. You can subscribe to The Things We Say on SoundCloud and iTunes. Don't forget to like us on Facebook at The Things We Say Podcast to keep the conversation going. This has been The Things We Say. See you next time.